One of my favorite things to do with Toys on Tap is sometimes throw out a bonus episode, and this week is going to be a crazy one. You get to hear from Brandon from 9to5Warriors talk about his new toy line that isn't really new, but the toys are, and they're done. They're ready to be bought from Big Bad Toy Store. The 9to5Warriors are so sick. We have the Water Cooler Commandos and the Break Room Bandits. Always remember, go to our socials, TikTok, Hive Social, Instagram, all at Toys on Tap. Like, rate, review, wherever you get podcasts. You can jump on the Patreon. I'll send you some merch. And just listen in, like, and comment. Hello. What's up? What's up, man? How you doing? Good, good, bro. It's so good to have you back on Toys on Tap. <laughs> it's really good to be back on. I was excited about this. I mean, I've been listening to your show more and more and loving the uh, toy history segments. Uh, I was actually really excited to come back on. Thank you for having me. So I'm glad that you're back on. Um, we're obviously going to talk about all things 9 to 5 Warriors. Awesome, awesome. Very excited. Uh, please introduce yourself and just tell us why you're back on. <laughs> All right, so I'm Brandon Braswell. I'm the creator of 9 to 5 Warriors, which is a 90s action period series, which aims to recapture the magic of the Saturday morning cartoon era. And I'm back on to promote the, the, the pre-order that I have currently going on for all 10 action figures. So the last time I was on here, I think you had just discovered me and I just finished or I was still in the middle of my Kickstarter. And unfortunately, that one didn't reach its goal. So I took time to, you know, recalibrate look at all the other characters, see what I can do to make them all come to life, which was, you know, a lot of the feedback is like, oh, are the other ones coming out? Well, what's, 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 what's the other character like? Yeah. Are they going to come out soon too? So I want to release them all in one batch, basically. Which they look incredible. Thank incredible. you, man. I see <laughs> the reception so far has been really good. So I'm excited to like put them out there and like for them to be received so well. So let's um, work it back a little bit. So we're going to like, let's recap. When you first came on, you did the first two main characters sculpted by Scott Hensey, correct? Yeah. 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 And he's the original sculptor for, you know, Teenage Mutant Turtles, especially the bad guys, you know, uh, Street Sharks, practically any childhood exosquad, like anything that you loved as a kid, whether it's Happy Meal toys or something, like chances are it went through Scott's hands. Yeah. And so I think um, what's cool is that not only I think I was talking about it then as well, because we're talking months ago, um, that what's really cool about your entire idea, concept, nostalgia, whatever you want to call it, is that you're reaching into the past and getting sculptors from the past to also do it. And yeah. it fits. It was important for me to like. Well, I'm kind of doing a, a unique twist. So originally Scott did the first two characters completely. And once I had the hand sculpted figures, I kind of ran into the, it's hard to make a toy. Let's, let's put it out there. Yes. <laughs> Especially yes. when it comes to the production and sending out samples and getting manufacturing codes and factory codes, everyone's kind of like doing it digital. So you just send the STL file or, you know, something to get proper quotes they can work with it. And then you basically work with the factory doing it handmade was it faced a little more difficulties. 
And just because kind of everyone adapted to the digital wave. So this time around, I still worked with Scott, but then I worked with a local 3D company that like 3D scanned them, pixel perfect replicas, which to me, so let me go backtrack. The reason I went with Scott is because handmade just has a different feel. Yeah. Like you can make a beautiful toy in digital. There's no shade there at all, but handmade is just, it's just something completely unique that you, you just, there's imperfections there. It's that's what makes it kind of like extra special. So that's why I went with Scott. And when I decided to go into the newer forms of technology, like I still wanted to enhance what Scott did, you know, take it to the next level of new age. So this local place called 3D Chimera, like they helped scan the figures. From there, I worked with another sculptor called Seba, and he's known for Blunderlings, that indie toy line, which he's a phenomenal sculptor. Nice. So he took the 3D scans of Scott's original, you know, sculpts and then tweak them. So I was able to improve the articulation. At the time, I wanted it a little more articulated, but actually fell back to five points just now. Not just now, but in the final figures, I decided the five points is the route to go. And yeah, so here I am with like now polished, you know, ready for production figures that still have that hand sculpted feel, but are now enhanced with today's technology. And like, it's, I, I try to find that like win-win of both worlds. And what's interesting is uh, I had Scott on at one point and he had talked about the idea of like how he at one point probably should have done digital, but he stayed with like hand sculpted and all that. Um, and you're, you did, you, I think you touched on it a little bit. There is a beauty to have a hand sculpted figure. There is a absolute beauty to have something, especially from a toy that you made, you had like thought up all together, but by an artist that worked throughout our childhood and all that stuff. Um, but the problems with that is that is the toy. Yeah. Right? Like digital sculpting, I can print off as many <laughs> as I want, but that is it when he sculpts it. That's it. Exactly. That was another caveat. It's like I literally had one copy of each. <laughs> <laughs> and then like for me to send it off to a factory i was like oh my god these are my babies these are my paint samples um but going back real quick to your your podcast with scott i listened to it and like it made me fall in love with scott all over again honestly hearing him saying exactly that like he kind of lost out a lot of jobs because he wasn't gonna go digital and sure he he played it off really well. Like he's sure he can regret it and like, damn it, you know, I'm suffering and losing work, but he stayed true to like, what do you love? Like he's, he's like, I just didn't want to be behind a computer screen. And I respect that so much. It's actually why I went back to him the second time. Cause I'm not rich by all means. I'm like hustling my ass off to make these. I really did have to factor in like, okay, I'm kind of making it extra difficult. I'm going hand sculpted, have to take it to digital, hire a different sculptor. That's kind of doing the figure twice, but it's all for good reasons. And Another thing, like Scott says, uh, I feel bad. Like he never got credit for any of the toys. Like it was just unheard of to like yeah. give credit to the sculptor or mention it. So like, I'm proud to say like, I'm the first person that's worked with him that like, gave him credit. So on the back of the package, he gets, you know, sculpted by Scott Hensley. And I don't know. I, I just think it's something important that you need to like pay back to the artists that are 100% part of the, the initial idea process that took it, took the character sketches that you have and put their unique spin to it. Like, I thank Scott like a million times each day. <laughs> yeah, he and what is interesting about that as well, um, man. I, I Tyler Ham, uh, he ran, he runs Ham FX. He also did Culture Pop Toys, um, and he 
um, other way around. Sorry, he ran Ham Effects. Now is Culture Pop Toys, um, and as he, he he talks about working with Migo and sculpting digitally, and he's knocked out things in like ninety minutes. He's also yeah. taken forever, um, but you're paying for how good they are, and so I, I want people to understand that like Scott had twenty years or twenty five years of experience before I was born. Yeah, exactly. And so like. <laughs> It, it's when you say that you're independent and you're self-funded, it's a big funding just to get Scott to jump in. And I think people forget yeah, that yeah. when you work with legends, you get legend pricing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just even just, I think every process just costs even more than I put aside, you know, you, because I just want them to be good, like straight up, like it comes down to like, I am a perfectionist too. So like doesn't help <laughs> the situation, but when I see something you know, like whether it's painting, like getting the right paint colors just right, so I have to get them redone. Um, just getting the the feel to them, like having to ask them to do different revisions, like it's kind of a push pull. Like you're working with people that are really talented, but you still want to add your twist to it. And I don't know. I think I found a really awesome dynamic now working with Scott and Seba. So right now. Out of the 10 characters, it's kind of interesting. Scott sculpted six, and Seba also sculpted six. Scott started off with Scott and uh, Major and uh, Custard, which then was passed off to Seba, and Seba re sculpted them in their own way, retaining it. And then Seba did his own uh, four individual characters on his own because I like I love working with him digitally, mm -hmm. and there are some characters, for instance, Scotchy, because of the mechanics of the working, you know, take like little things like that that have to be precise. I decided to go full digital. And, but I, I worked a seven, like, listen, like I want these to still have a handmade feel. Try not to use the symmetry tools, little things that like help in a digital world, like literally just still do it by hand, basically. Let there be errors, don't perfect it. Let, let like, it was awesome to actually see him work on these guys and bring them to life. Like he did Spore as well. And Spore is a rotten sandwich. And just the details are immaculate, yet he still looks hand sculpted and he still retains the city that I was aiming for. And I was that was one thing I was kind of worried, like, shit, having two different sculptors, are they going to mix and match? Are they going to look alike? But so far, like, you can't, I, I've basically heard nothing. Like, everything looks like it's part of the same family. So now we get to dive in. We got 10 characters, two sides, um, and I'm really excited because last time you were on, we only had the two sides, like the two leaders, yeah. and so now we get to talk because uh, I have questions, obviously, about these, these badass <laughs> characters. Um, so let's start evil. I always want to go evil first. Uh, perfect. Good start. Tell me, good start. Tell me some names. Tell me some characters. Tell me right, how we'll you're – like the henchmen and work our way up great so <clears throat> the bad guys are called the break room bandits so essentially they're leftover food um and the general premise is essentially there's this board office co-worker i mean uh, office employee and alan has a vivid imagination during his nine to five he's playing with his food like lunch packs and his supplies in the office so He's got this vivid imagination. He's kind of like determining who's who and what's what. And by giving them that personality and speaking them out loud, he's given them all this. And one fateful night, he's drinking a Japanese energy drink called Jensei, and that tips over into the trash can, sparks everything to life. 
when they're brought to life, they're inherited all the traits that he spoke to. So Major being the leader, you know, Lieutenant Len beating his right-hand man, Colonel Custard being an angry, bitter uh, donut character because he was stale when he was purchased. He, someone took one bite of him and tossed him away. So, you know, Custard is now all, all, all against wasteful humans, as he's called it. Yeah. She's like basically Captain America on like <laughs> on steroids. She's just so really good. pissed off. <laughs> so, so the bad guys are called Breakroom Bandits. I'll start off with Commodore Chris, who's like the henchman, and he's a stack of Pringles for those that aren't watching. Best sculpt so, I've ever seen in my life. So this is surprisingly the most popular character so far, which is kind of insane. <laughs> he's he's neck and neck with Custard and Major, which is cool. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, the galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray. We'll save the DLP2! Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! Um, but he's a stack of Pringles and he's definitely an ode to one of my favorite characters from Food Fighters, which is short stack. But I wanted to take him to the next level and actually break him into three. So He's a stack of Pringles, and essentially what I told Scott was like, listen, this is the minion character. What I need to do is break into three characters who are all three individual limbs. That's not going to work. So Scott took that as instructions. He was like, I'll see what I can do. And Scott being the mastermind that he is and all his, again, 20 years of experience working with Happy Meal toys and creative shit like that, like this is what he's come up with, which is three individual characters. They're chip minions that literally stacked together and there's like little slots for their feet on top of each other and literally stacked together to create one action figure, which is Commodore Crisp. And I just love it. Like so far, the reaction has been awesome. Like this is so clever. This is Joe genius. And like, oh, wait, when I saw Scott like execute it for the first time, I was like, what? It just, it's, I don't know. It just blew my mind how he brought this together. So simple, so clever. And yet it fits right into the, the overall theme of the characters. Next up would be Sergeant Spore. Oh, let me mention too, with Commodore Chris, since he splits into three, he's like the communications, I don't even want to say expert, he just handles communications. They yeah. can split up and sneak around uh, commando forces. What's cool is what one sees, the other one sees, what one feels, the other ones, the others feel. So if one gets crushed, you know, the others feel it and wail in pain. Um, so next up is Sergeant Spore. And he's like the brute force of the, the bandits. He's a rotten sandwich. Literally half rotten is his brain. So he's kind of like the dumb character of it all. He doesn't, he follows every, <laughs> the catchphrase is he follows Custard's every command without question. Yep. Okay, maybe a few questions because he's <laughs> his expert at crunching pencils, not numbers. And yeah, I love what Seba did with this character. There's a lot of details. I wanted to portray that he's rotten. So there's like literally mold spores. There's a maggot growing out of him. There's a bandaid stuck to the back of him. And he towers over the rest. So he's like a, he's like 5.5 inches, I believe, or 5.25, if I'm not mistaken. While the others are generally around 3.75. Next up is number two. So you'll straight up notice like, hey, that's not a food character. And the story is, is that he and his brother, Lieutenant Led, 
used to stem from the same pencil. But one day they broke and Alan, you know, the human that created them all was, you know, he was able to basically save Lieutenant Lloyd by he still has a racer head and still has a lead tip. Mm -hmm. So he was still a good tool that can be used for every job, every day job. When it came to number two, he's got a double-sided pencil and you really can't do much of the double-sided pencil. So you're literally left with someone that literally cannot make a mistake. To his mind, he has to be perfect. And he just seeded that all up with rage. So he's envious of his brother. He's angry and he's number two. And he fights always to be number in the number one spot and mm. feel that he's, you know, useful. So his his style, I wanted him to be in a slanted position. Like this to me is the old now to the shredder toy. And Shredder was in that unique stance, which Scott actually was the one that created it. And at the time, as I'm sure you know, he was in that stance so that he could basically just fit in packaging and yeah. be be affordable. But because of that stance, it's so iconic. And I wanted that to be replicated with number two. Next up is Specialist Sugar. And she's basically made out of artificial sugar. And she's sweet, but dangerous. She's really like the brains behind the operation. You know, she's Custer's go-to girl, but... Basically, she handles everybody. She's she's a strategic. She's smart. She's a badass leader, and she can form into any shape. So she's pretty much the most dangerous on the bandits' force, which is cool. With this figure, it, it comes with interchangeable hands, so she comes with two two normal sets of hands and arms. And then what's equipped with her now is like a sugar Terminator style <laughs> yeah. uh, sphere and a large larger hand, which is just shows how powerful she is. And last but not least is Colonel Custard. So he's as evil as they get. He's got the Napoleon complex. He's a little short stack of terror. But I love like with Scott, he raised the the cape up to make it look like almost like he's a demon, you know, like he's got the cape to compensate for the height that's missing, which is just genius. Like when you put them toe to toe with Major, they're the same height because of the, the cape, but otherwise he's kind of really small. But he's the mastermind behind them all. And he's half eaten. And if you for the actual produced toy, this one does glow in the dark, but I won't turn off the lights. But in the actual produced, like the lights will glow in the dark, the eyes will glow in the dark, and his jelly core will as well. Awesome. And the story behind him is like he's out to seek revenge for the wasteful humans for being tossed away like nothing, like trash. So it's his duty to like really just bring to life and find the Gen C energy drink around the office and bring other minions to life. So there will be endless characters to re uh, to introduce. Um, and what's cool too, is like, he's got this exposed jelly core. So he, he's kind of leaking all over the place and he uses Gen C to regenerate himself. Mm. I, those bad, the evil guys that we can pause for a hot set yeah. are just incredible. Thank like you. they have <laughs> the things that you would want in a toy growing up. Um, like the second command, the fake sugar woman, like <laughs> yeah, has this. Uh, like this feel of an army person because of how the legs are structured and has the like interchangeable arms, which I love the man, the crisp and how it breaks apart is genius. Um, how you did the bend on the sandwich so that it's the biggest character, but also still fits within the realm. Like each piece is so well thought out yeah. and like to also build in longevity that he can raise up <laughs> other characters. Holy hell. Like that's 100%. yeah. So Because <laughs> I have I have way too many ideas that I like, can't sit on a shelf. Yeah. I can't wait. Like my hope is obviously to raise the funds. Uh so the pre-order is out now with Big Bad Toy Story. 
they haven't hit the minimum order quantity just yet. But the goal is, like, I'd love to expand on them. You know, obviously introduce new characters, do Army Builder, which is a lot of people asking, which I have definitely the means and ideas to execute. People are asking for play sets. Like, this, which is what's great, is, like, again, putting it out there and being re received well is all you can, any creator can hope for, you know? And I have people DMing me, like, sketches and telling them that it's, like, sparked their imagination. And I love that because this whole line is just that like when I look at the older toys that we grew up with that are five point articulation sometimes like in my mind I shit you not I thought Ninja Turtles did backflips I did everything and holding them today I'm like yeah it's actually pretty limited I didn't I, I could have yeah. sort of bent here I could have sort of like and it's because as a kid we were because of that little limited you know articulation and just limited things like we created this whole extra capabilities and things that we'd see on tv okay, great. The episode ended. Now we have time to play. You know, there's, it's not next Netflix of today where it's skewing the next episode. So you never get the hell out of the college. Like we were done with the Saturday morning cartoons. And then we ran straight into playing and taking the adventure off the screen. So it's really important to, important for me to like capture that magic is what I call the magic of the Saturday morning cartoon era. It's really just reinvigorating your, it's re-sparking your imagination. So when I'm seeing like DMs, like, oh my God, it's saying literally that, which is a dream come true like oh my god this series is I've, i just conjured up these ideas i got these imagination going and they're sending me sketches of like coffee characters and uh like a stapler dude and like i was just exactly. like what the hell this is this is actually happening this is really cool okay but we got to move into those like yes beautiful beautiful good guys all right so we're start off with corporal can so he's a can of peanuts and I shit you not, the biggest thing, I was like, how the hell am I going to make a toy out of a fucking canopy? And it's like, no one's going to want this. Like, what? how do I, he has no arms or legs. Like, how yeah. do I do it? And his face is everything. So one of the biggest uh, challenges, finding the right expression. Like, thank God for Seba and his patience. Like, I kept on going back and forth. Like, nah, it's not right. Nah, it's not right. He needs to have like a frown, kind of a grin, but also show that he's kind of scared. Because at the end of the day, he is a scaredy can and he's not meant for battle. And so he's part of the water cooler commandos. The water cooler commandos are the ragtag group of office supplies that come to life to maintain office peace, as Alan as, as Alan stated. So out the gate, you're like, well, he's a can of peanuts. Shouldn't he be with break room bandits? Well, because he's a pacifist and he believes in like peace and he's kind of like against confrontation, he's originally a break room bandit and the energy of custard and just wanting to freaking destroy the office just didn't vibe well for him. So he eventually moved over to the water cooler commandos where he's now acting as their communication squad. And the awesome thing about him is his lid pops open. There's a shelf inside here so that you can actually stack peanut minions that come with them. So he comes with three peanut spy minions and the idea behind these guys and his whole concept, again, like how do you make a cool toy out of a can of peanuts? is I went back to the army army men bucket. And I'm like, those things are awesome. Mm -hmm. You pop it open a bucket. Yeah, the army men uh, characters that you can place all over the office or your bedroom, whatever. They're all in different unique poses. And the idea for him is he can definitely hold about, I think, 12, I think I calculated. Anywhere from like 12 peanuts, let's just say. And he comes with three. The idea is, you know, once he's successfully funded, like I can release peanut packs, which would be, you know, fun variations of the 
the different peanuts mm-hmm. uh, squads. So there could be like a ninja peanut, there could be you know assassin pe- peanut, and other fun quirks that we can take on that. And again, the reception for him, which has been a phenomenon. Like I was like, how the hell am I going to turn this into a freaking toy? And people have been loving him, and he's almost one of the top ones selling at the moment too. It's my favorite one out of all of the ten. Because you get four, oh, can? yeah, because you, awesome. you get four characters. <laughs> That's so cool. Like See, this is awesome. Man. Yeah, you get the can that is what it is, and he looks cool, and he has all the gear. But then you get like the three peanut guys. <laughs> so it's That's what I was hoping for, man. So next up is Brigadier Bouncy, and he's the explosion specialist. He's also the comic relief of the group. So he's farting and throwing belches, and you know. The life of the party you can still count on him in a battle uh he's literally hand sculpted meticulously by scott so he's if you see the details here it's insane yeah and this is just a production like prototype the production model is gonna be even better like i can clean up like again working in the method that i'm doing now finally a reason to go back to the office introducing nine to five warriors an exciting new toy line created for the toys r us kid that never grew up Offering 10 unique characters that are perfect for your cubicle or home office. The 9 to 5 Warriors are available through Big Bad Toy Store. Join the battle alongside Major Eraser and the Water Cooler Commandos as they keep the peace. Or wreak havoc with Colonel Custard and the Break Room Bandits. Choose your side as these two forces clash over total office domination. It every day from 9 to 5. Warning, do not leave unattended. Each figure sold separately. When you punch out, they come punching in. So I, I retain all his accuracies and like his discrepancies, like the little inconsistency, the unevenness. But then I clean it up just slightly in digital, or at least sharpen it, you know. Yeah. And I bring it, it's like I'm able to bring it out more. It's kind of interesting. You start seeing this, and you're like, holy shit! You just took it to the next level. But Brigadier Bouncy's got like a str- strapped of dynamite all around him. He's got a very big expressive. And he will be made out of a bouncy material. Right now, since it's a prototype, it's solid, but he will literally bounce on the floor. Uh, next up is behind me, Sergeant Tech Sergeant Scotchy. And he literally was hanging behind me, for those that are not watching, and rappelling down using his built-in tape dispenser. And as you can tell, he's 100% a Scottish tape dispenser. And he's the mechanic of the group, basically. Mr. Fix-It, he'll comment like he'll just take you know pencils pens and create like you know a catapult system or the vehicles they need anything to help them take out the bandits he's been really received well everyone loves the fact that it's actually utensils like utility used and like left on their desk and like people won't question it like I mean, what the hell is that so like yes <laughs> uh he comes with like a blowtorch welding uh weapon and i just love it right now he has like an alternate expression but Everyone seems to be receiving him well. This one was my personal favorite. And honestly, when I was like racking up, like how the hell, I, I can't wait for season, series two of this because I kind of wanted to do the Batman belt retractable kind of thing yep. with the tape. And it wasn't until like one day I was moving shit around my house and Major Eraser was next to something else. And I I had to move uh, a tape dispenser. And I was like, Wait a second, like, what is the tape dispenser in scale of Major Razor? I just put him to two and two. I was like, holy shit, I could actually make him. <laughs> it's, it's funny that, like, it didn't come to me first. It was like, um, <laughs> it was just by happenstance that, like, I saw them standing kind of next to each other. So I worked really closely with Seba, and this is a completely 100% digital sculpt. 
but again if you look at it and you hold it in your hands like you would never be able to tell this so clean it's really beautiful and i love the way he feels in your hand and up next is lieutenant led which is number two's brother so like i said he's a stand-up dude the right tool for every every the right supply for every job um he's majors go-to man very serious but he gets he he's just like the how did you say like he gets shit done basically yeah <laughs> correct the word but he's got a little like pen catapult system going on and a rocket blaster and really love him he's been selling just as much as his brother so people are buying the pairs which is great and last but not least is major eraser the leader so this figure is really special to me because as a kid like this whole idea really did stem from the way i was playing with things in my house and as a, with school supplies and major eraser was like an actual figure i would make out of you know the pink eraser and stick a thumbtack as his eye draw on a face put paper clips as his arms and legs and voila that was my action figure and i would actually pin him against you know like pencils with like push pins on their head to make him look like evil but when i thought of originally creating this series that was the first thought that came to mind i was like oh my god like i remember that and i stumbled across food fighters a little later like once it was already discontinued it was like 1993 or something for me when i discovered it and i fell in love with that so it's like shit. I was already playing with my with supplies, and now there's these cool food characters that like I just got along with, and I'm just like, this is awesome. And they stuck with me. Food Fighters is one of those like lines that are just oddly inherent. Like I, every time I think about it, like a, one of my favorite toys is just it's it was always just popping up, you know. Mm -hmm. And when I started collecting toys it was the first things i purchased that you see behind me like and i went going crazy and getting the whole collection so these to i think what's crazy is because we don't have video people won't be able to see it uh unless they mm -hmm. get to the instagram but the the weapons are the most enticing part about all of these <laughs> for me because the weapons when i first saw these figures coming out Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. Um, if you you sent me a packet of, I bought one of the packs of cards. There was like the foldable paper that comes with it, has like the vehicles and stuff. And um, looking at those things, it looks like they are instructions to like go get office supplies and build those. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like it's a DIY element. But you've built the weapons or worked with these people in sculpting, and they look like real office supplies. They're insane. That's because they are. Yeah. So I have no talent when it comes to sculpting of my own. I yeah. cannot draw for shit, but I'm very creative with my hands. And I literally, for Scotchy's uh, thumbtack a blowtorch, you know, battery pack thing, I'll have to send you the photo of. Like, I literally took a battery 
took rubber bands and created this out of real life. And I sent it to Seba. I'm like, hey, this is what I want. Uh, attach, you know, wires back here, have a flip switch and boom, that'll be it. I just like magically made it like within, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, I saw the finished product. I was like, what the hell is magic? That's dope. <laughs> but like every everything else and Scott too, like he started having fun with it. And that's what's awesome, you know, like everyone I've worked with like takes it to the next level because they generally have fun with it. You know, I, I'll hire them and they're like, yeah, hey, I'll take the job. But of course they're, they'll give me like, oh, this looks cool. This is interesting. But once they're in the middle of the project, I see a light click on and they actually start having fun too. And that's, what's awesome. It's like they're creating from passion too. And they're having fun with it. Scott would send me photos like, and I'd see in the background, like actual chips. And I'd see, you know, an exacto knife broken in half and attached to a chopstick and lo and behold, that's the weapon that Commodore Crisp has. It's an exacto knife attached to, you know, um, a chopstick. Yeah. And the same thing with the the rubber bands rocket launcher. The highlighter attached to a binder clip with rubber bands and stuff. And he created that in scratch. Um, that one I put together too. And he just replicated it on his side of the world, which is cool. Which is insane. So we, you, you've tried to, you, we had a, a problem with the initial funding but now big bad toys picked it up and you're working with yeah. big bad toys which is incredible um and reception has been so high but it's been amazing i'm really happy <laughs> we give everyone listening around the world a realistic like these are the numbers that have to be hit yeah these figures oh First off, like I said, toy making is hard and toy making is expensive. And the way toys are made, like just a quick recap, like you got to make molds and they're essentially like the cupcake pans, you know, and they have a really distinctive cost. And just to put it real quick, like the more articulation you add to a figure, the more molds you make. So again, going back to why I decided with five point, it was just smarter. It was more cost effective. And I was able to create 10 characters when it would have probably cost me just as much to make four decently articulated characters. So at the moment, I have to sell 500 of each character, which is 5,000 in the grand scheme of things. Everyone in the toy industry says, yeah, that's crazy. You got to start small. Start with one character, start with two, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm all for that. I have tried, but like I said, I'm perfectionist. I think they come together as a whole unit, you know, like, I can't, I, I tried, and I think the reason the Kickstarter failed out the gate was I just joined. Like, I didn't have an Instagram following. I did the marketing, the push, and everything at the same time as launching. And you're supposed to print, pretty much do marketing anywhere from 6 to 12 months prior before launching a Kickstarter. Literally launched day one and started marketing day one. It started gaining attraction literally 48 hours before the end. And that's what sucked because then the podcast came out, the art articles came out. Everyone just started like, oh my God, they're still available. Da, 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 da. And so now here I am with all 10 characters. I need to sell 500. I am well one third of the way there at the moment. And this is just two weeks since launching. I am still on track to meeting my goal. And I'm really incredibly grateful for like, as you said, it's been super receptive. Bloggers are posting about it. the right people are like, I have the right people on my, my bat, like, yeah. Helping me this time around that I'm really thinking, you know, it's going to be successful. No matter what, I'm going to find a way to make this a, a straight up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'm going to find a way. It's just like, now that I have them in my hands, like I fell in love with them and I'm like, 
they have to get out there, you know? Yeah, and I don't know how Big Bad Toy Store works, um, but I, is this how they do all of their toys? Do they do this type of funding and then they produce and then send? To tell you the truth, I don't want to speak on behalf of them just because I don't know what everyone, I, I'll know for a fact, everyone has a different relationship with them. Yeah. What I do praise them for is that they're an amazing platform for independent toys. In my current situation, these pre-orders, which is amazing, like they don't charge anyone. Like most of the time you take a pre-order, you either, you're, you're being charged once the product ships. Yeah. So those that are on the fence of ordering it, like there's nothing to lose, which is awesome. You, like you pre-order, you don't get charged and are not expected to ship until spring or summer of next year. So Big Bad Toy Store, I spoke to Joel, the owner. I was speaking to him since I had launched Kickstarter and he was one of the people that backed it and helped me. And he was like giving me advice, like, listen, it might help to have more characters. It might do this, this, and that. So I just was all ears and I asked all the right questions, kept on asking, probably bothered him more for the past nine months, you know, making sure everything is just right yeah. so that I can launch successfully and have the right marketing materials and the push to, to push to get this through the line. Which is incredible. And I think on top of the characters, just so people understand the undertaking that you have done and the mindset that you have, like on top of the characters, there's a comic book, there's trading cards, um, there is like the backers, whoever's designing those backers is incredible. Um, uh, yeah, he's killing uh, it. The there's 3D glasses, the old style cardboard that you get with like all these paper goods. And so it's like a real undertaking and you're building out 90s theme and nostalgia now. Yeah. So when I launched this originally, this is a decade in the making right now. And thank God, like the toybook.com literally just featured me this morning. Literally saying just that it's taken a day to get to, get to this point. Granted, I took off eight to nine years of yeah. like feeling like I was failure. But when I first created this project, I didn't know how to create a damn toy. Like it was so hard to get insight and get the help needed to even understand how to get these toys made. So I started with what I knew, which was story. And to me, story is what makes a toy a great toy, you know? So I did what I can do. I have a film and a digital production background. I know enough of design. I know how to hire people. Get pro I could be a production manager, which I always have. So I know how to get the right elements into place. And trading cards, which was the wax packs, and the comic book were the first things I wanted to get out. Mm -hmm. So that was all accompanied by a 90s-style animated intro with a catchy theme song, the whole shebang. The reception was great. Again, I didn't... That time, I just didn't know how to make it. I didn't know how much it cost. The questions I was asking people, I either get, you know, confusing questions, uh, confusing answers, or just left unread. You know, like yeah, there wasn't as much support as I am getting right now. Toy community has been amazing. Um, there's so many people, like honestly, that have been helping me get this out there. That I just owe them so much gratitude. So, yeah, the things you talked about are just elements to amplify to the background of the story, and again, to just bring out that imagination. Yeah. So here, I mean, as we are coming to the close of like your update, how do we like, is it just, we go out and buy the toy? Is that the best way to support? Or is it like, the are, there, are there things to <laughs> share? Is there things like, how would, how yeah, what's yeah. the best way to support this? 
Absolutely. So first you can go to 9to5warriors.com. There's tons of videos there. There's beautiful photos. You click the pre-order button. That's going to bounce you to a big bad toy store. Please pre-order. If you're interested, if you're on a fence, pre-order. You won't be charged until next summer. So you yeah. have plenty of time. But at least it validates and says there's definitely a buyer and I can reach that goal a lot quicker. Um, share, man. Like the cool thing is, is that my background in film, like I made fun commercials and that's what's been getting the word out faster and faster than just sharing a video so the commercial has been received really well i keep getting praise on that and that's what's also telling the story i see a lot of independent toys out there that are being made and they're all beautiful but all they have to sell usually is just a still image and i can't connect with that nine times out of ten there's some that are just like oh my god i definitely have to add it to my collection and they're usually based off of characters already had a story they had their time you know ninja turtles or gi joe whatever like i'll buy them instantly because i already ingrained in their story so for me i just wanted to take it to the next level of like i can't create a netflix series i don't know how to animate <laughs> what can i do though like i can make these commercials and get give the personality of the characters do that and hopefully it resonates with people man Thank you so much for coming on and like chatting it up about these figures. I think you're doing, man, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to put into words that you're doing what we all hope to do, right? Like you're, you're living out your love of toys in real time, building out worlds, like all kinds of stuff, which is incredible. Um, I, I do have to say the comic book, cause I do own one. The comic book is intense. The art <laughs> in that comic book, it's this fun like juxtaposition between you look at the toys and you're like, these are really fun and like I want to play with these. But the comic book brings the badassery to life. Yeah. And to be honest, like I kept on going back and forth on the art direction and I love the 90s nostalgic art direction that i went with for the animation but the comic book it just reminded me of like the gritty you know teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics that they had like they have a cool distinctive style there's blood there's like mm -hmm. cursing there's whatever and i kind of wanted to go that route too because even though i kept on making this as childish as possible and making it cute and cuddly and themes with this everyone kept on saying i could see this on adult swim could do the curse do they do this like they mm -hmm. were they were adding their own personalities to them so i was like oh fuck it for the comic book let me go out and let's let's make them more gritty which is incredible dude thank you so much for coming you, on man. toys on tab and explaining it um this is going to drop next week so i'm really excited about that um how many you have what two three more weeks for no I'm, whole month. I'm ending in january yeah so okay. i have the full month of december um yeah we're gonna see what happens next